Do you want to do more to make impact? How we serve others and our world is how we pay our rent for being here. So get ready to learn how you can make a difference by simply choosing to live and lead with a socially conscious mindset. My beautiful on the inside and out guest on this episode of Passion for Impact is Kim Livingstone, founder and designer of Sand and Stone Jewelry. I met Kim at a conference I spoke at in her hometown, and I was so, so, so inspired by her designs and by how many women in the room were wearing her jewelry. It was amazing. Kim has some powerful and down-to-earth business and life wisdom to share, so let's get to it. This is the Passion for Impact podcast with speaker, trainer, and socially conscious advocate, Tricia Miltimore. Thank you for joining in on the Passion for Impact podcast, where we have one clear goal to educate, empower, and elevate social consciousness in people and business. If you are new, let me share that we create a fresh episode every month featuring businesses and people who are creating real impact using their talents, their skills, and passion in business and life. I often feature companies that make or support people who make amazing products, like my guest today, while also creating positive social impact. So be sure to subscribe to receive links to their websites, plus any special offers that might be available to you. To subscribe, very easy, go to passionigniter.ca forward slash podcast. So Kim, you are here. Hi. Let's get to this. <laughs> Hello. I am so excited because I can relate so much to how you describe yourself. So I, I always ask guests, you know, describe yourself in five words. It's cliche, but helpful. Um, you said happy, ambitious, strong, love, and dorky. <laughs> I feel, yes, I feel like every Instagram and Facebook picture you post, I I can see and I can feel your ambition, your strength, your love, and that like a little bit of dorkiness, which I totally relate to. But to me, it's actually just really crazy passion for your art and life. So thank you for being here on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, I think that I sometimes I was just thinking, I wish I could almost turn this interview around on you because I feel like. I mean, I just, I met you last year for a little bit and I feel like we're instant friends and I just want to give you some serious credit for starting something that you've been wanting to do. Cause I know you're busy and I know that this was a dream of yours and you took it and you started it and we are all better for it. So I really just feel like you need some mini applause for just taking a part of your little spark in your heart and starting your own thing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So I I love your story. At 23 years old, you and your new hubby uprooted and moved to Fort St. John, which is kind of northern Canada. (laughs) (laughs) North Pole. (laughs) Yeah, right? Where you had both your family's kids, Memphis and Declan, love the names, and you started Sand and Stone while pregnant with your son. So you had written to me that you had no idea what you were doing, but you started. You kept learning. And now eight years later, you feel like you're just getting started. So I see all the amazing handmade goods you're creating, the following, truly a following that you have created. So tell me more about the feeling like you're just getting started. What does that mean? Well, I feel like uh, like the past eight years have been amazing. And I've learned everything from all the mishaps, all the hard things, all the great things. But I just really feel like this year is my year. I feel like this is the year where 
the growth of my company, I'm going to really see a change in the way that I've been looking at it. I feel like I've been stuck in my basement for the past eight years. I will still continue to be stuck in my basement because that's where I work. But I feel like I'm allowing myself now to take my mindset out of just making my products and start connecting with people and start doing more of the business end of it, if that makes sense. Like there's a completely different aspect. Being a maker and a business owner at the same time are two very hard things to juggle because my mind is a creative mind. I want to make all the things and, and inspire and have a crazy creative mess in my workshop. But focusing on that, I forget that there's an entire company that needs to be run on the other end, right? So this year, I'm just really, I'm obviously, I still have to make everything, but I want to take my focus and upgrade and challenge my own self on the business aspect. And I get questions all the time from women, you know, how did I start? What tips can I give? So I really feel like I want to start teaching just a little bit through my page and empowering women on starting their own companies and answering any questions they might have. I'm not you know, an expert, but it's been eight years. And I feel like being in business for eight years, I always say, um, I heard something the other day, you know, slow growth equals strong roots. Ooh. And I just love that saying, because I feel like, I really feel like my, my biggest growth has been in the past three years. But when you tell someone you've been in business for eight years, it's great, but it's almost like they might expect something more than where you're at after eight entire years. And I always try and say this, I'm in a group on Facebook and I, all these girls were just upset that after six months or a year, their business and their finances weren't where they thought and they were thinking of quitting. And I just was kind of, I was like, what you need to just, you need to keep going. Like it has been eight years and I've just seen my biggest growth in the last three, which means the first five were just the basis of me getting started. And now I'm here. And now I want to take another leap. And I want to keep going I want to grow my company and myself as far as I can go. So yeah, I feel like when I say I was just getting started, I do feel like there's a little bit of a fire in me right now. And it's a different fire than I've ever felt. So where that's going to lead, I'm not sure. We can do wow. another podcast next year. And read yes. <laughs> And see where I'm at. <laughs> I love that though. So slow growth equals strong roots. And I think so many people listening who are entrepreneurs or want to be and take their passion and make impact from it. I do see it in many of my you know business clients that everyone wants quicker results than mm-hmm. often are the reality. So to hear from someone who's experienced that and, and is on the other side of it and can really testify to it. Yeah, it takes time. It takes to grow both the product expertise and the following, the customer base, and to get into your groove. So I love that you're in your groove. I'm so excited to see what's coming ahead for you. Tell us a little bit about what Sand and Stone is all about, your products, your creative process, and also a little bit about how you came up with the name Sand and Stone. I don't even know that. I'm totally curious. (laughs) Okay, so I'll start with that. So I really love the name Serendipity. I just, I've just loved that word my whole life, you know, just things happening for a reason and kind of out of the blue and, uh, but it seems so common. So, um, it was actually my girlfriend, Michelle, she, we had gone back and forth about a whole bunch of things. Cause it's almost like naming a child. Like once you do it, it's very hard to change. And granted, I mean, when I started Sand and Stone, it was never supposed to be a company, oh. right? I was just doing this for something to do. I was pregnant. I was tired of sitting. I had such a good job before I had my daughter. And then I didn't go back to work. 
And I'm just, I need to be working. My mind is that it needs to process things. I need to be creative. So I honestly just started to make um, Christian stamped necklaces. And I thought it would just give me something to do at night. So I wanted a name that had something to do with stamping or leaving your mark. So sand and stone actually comes from a quote that is write your worries in sand, carve your blessings in stone. So then we took that quote, because I mean, I'm not carving anything in stone, but I am carving it in leather. So then she's like, well, what about sand and stone? Which was hard at first, because then my mother-in-law was like, well, you're not a gravel pit. What about like, people are going to think you are working with dirt and rocks. Like that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, oh man, you're right. I mean, it is. And if you actually Google sandstone, like you will just get the best gravel pits around. But (laughs) (laughs) so anyways, I just ran with it. And I just, I loved the idea of um, writing your worries in sand, letting them be washed away and just carving what was important to you in stone. And that's what I do in leather with kids' names, with meaningful quotes. Um, you know, I have a lot of people who will wear a cuff and then they'll write me and say, okay, that cuff got me through this part of my life. I'm not going to wear it anymore, but I'm going to keep it. And now I need this quote because this is where I'm at in my life now. So I feel like there's this, um, way to just gauge these big life moments by carving whatever, stamping whatever these people need in leather to get them through whatever they're going through. So yeah, that's where that started. Wow. Yeah. Right there, that's impact. You're making a difference in people's lives by giving them something from your passion that they can look at every day and draw strength from. Yeah. That is so cool. That must feel so good. I love it. And you know what? Honestly, I'm not kidding. In the past eight years, there have been so many times where I'm like, I'm done. Like I can't take one more, um, you know, it's hard because people are always like, Oh, we make bracelets. It's fun. And I wish I could do it. And I'm like, it is like any other job or any other company. And there are people out there who, uh, I swear are just put on earth to be rude and call you out and call you down. And, you know, on those days where let's say I get like maybe a hundred great messages and then there's that one bad one. And I'm already in like an entrepreneurial state of mind where I just don't know if I can take one more step forward. Those little things just kind of knock you back. You're like, maybe I'm just done now. Like, what am I doing? And honestly, the only thing that keeps me going besides for my family is knowing that my cuffs are making a difference for someone. And I actually physically cannot give up knowing that there's some, someone out there tomorrow that's going to find me and be like, I need this memory on my wrist because it's so important to me. So that right there is literally the foundation of my being and how I can continue on on the days that I don't feel like it because I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the people out there who need me. So it's a really big deal to me. That's very beautiful. When you look back over the last eight years, which is a good chunk of time, so congratulations. Um, What advice would you give yourself? If you could go back to that, you know, second year or first year self. Ooh, what advice? Well, for one, I would say you don't need to show up perfectly ever. You just need to show up. Like there's been lots of times where I didn't want to post anything because I wasn't sure if someone was going to like it, which is going to happen. You're never going to post things and have them always work, right? So mm. you just need to post, you need to make and maybe one thing's not going to work out. I mean, you should see all the leather in my basement that gets thrown away because of mistakes I've made or because of things I don't like, because you feel like you need to show up in a perfect form for the people who you're making for, right? Or mm-hmm. I mean, and now social media, I I never started videos because I was like, oh, I don't know what to say. I'm not comfortable in front of the camera. And now I just show up. 
I show up as myself and everything you see on my social media is actually who I am in person. And that's not perfect. And it's never going to be perfect. So instead of putting so much pressure on yourself to post the perfect things or make the perfect things before you show anyone, just show up as yourself, who you are in your imperfectly beautiful state. And it will work no matter what. I love the idea of just showing up imperfectly because I think we all kind of get stuck into that perfectionist mindset that what we have to create or put out there. Uh, And certainly one of the biggest ways to make impact and to grow our own businesses is showing up. You work from home. I know that can be sometimes a lonely state of affairs Very. <laughs> well, in, in my experience, because I have a, a home office as well. So for anyone who is working from home, either just getting started or, you know, a few years in, or maybe there are many years in, what is your advice from working from home to kind of keep yourself centered and connected? Oh my goodness. That's a hard question because I, I'm very... I'm actually quite introverted and I didn't really realize this about myself until this year. And I think that might actually come from working in my basement for eight years. But I think just like I get asked all the time too about balancing motherhood and working from home. I mean, I had a newborn when I was working and an 18 month old and I raised my babies throughout the first four years of my business. And that's another question I've always gotten is, okay, how do you work from home? How do you balance motherhood? And I feel like you need to make your own rules. So whatever's going to work for you, I know for myself, I'm very particular with my time. So let's say right now, the kids go to school by 845. I'm at work and I'm downstairs by nine. So I have given up coffee dates. I have given up lunch dates. Now I do allow myself on Fridays to go for lunch around 1231 after I go to the mail. But I'm so particular with the time I have while my kids are at school because it flies by and all of a sudden two thirties here, I'm going to pick them up. They're back. And I have to balance working at home with working with them and making sure everything's taken care of their after school activities. So I feel like you just need to make it work for yourself. Does that make sense? Like you can't base your work day on how someone else's is going to go, but you need to learn to shut off maybe the rest of the world. So I know what I've done is it was really hard. And I actually struggle with this because people don't really necessarily understand that you need boundaries. And I was really open with saying, stop by, I'll fix your bracelet, I'll do this. Uh, You know, I'm at home, you're available, I can make it work. And um, I really found that I was giving up so much of my time, like all of a sudden, one quick visit or one quick um, bracelet fix is a 20 minute visit. And I was losing all these precious hours in my day. So what I would do, and now is I turn over my phone, I get to work, I um, make sure my time is used well. And now that I'm out of um, making sure I was hustling, like I was making sure everyone was taken care of. And it was so important to me. And now I'm at a point in my company where people are waiting a little bit longer. So I feel like I can now allow myself the time to go out for a walk, or to get up and stretch and have a coffee. And I was so focused, focused, focused that I was not allowed to think of anything else but work. Because there's no one coming into my house, you know, at your office, someone's going to come in and say, hey, how are you doing? Can I get you a tea? Or let's go, you know, have lunch. You're literally by yourself all the time. And then I liked that. And that's when I started to realize, okay, I'm getting too far into loving being by myself all the time that I need to learn now how to get myself back out like I would almost be working in an office. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. But then it's hard too, because... 
I take my work very seriously and I take my time very seriously. And thankfully I have friends that are so amazing that they'll just come here and have coffee while I work. And I really needed that. Like I really needed people to show up because I'm also very strong. So even if there's something wrong or even if I'm having um, a hard day and I feel alone or I feel like I can't make it through by myself, um, most of the times they just show up and have a coffee. And that was very um, life-saving in those lonely moments for them to recognize that they didn't need to wait for me to come out, that they could come and hang out in my home with me. And I think that that's important that you don't let yourself get too far into, um, I don't want what's the word? It's not, not, not necessarily introvert, but just too far into just being alone all the time. You need to allow yourself the freedom to go get some fresh air, have your lunch, go for lunch and your business is going to be better for it. And that's something that I didn't learn until this year. I thought if I just kept going, 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 going was all by myself, that my business would be taken care of. And I'd be able to create something amazing because of which I did. But now I'm realizing how much it is so important for you to take breaks and for you to take mental breaks. I mean, you're only as good as your mind and how hard you can work. And if you're overworking yourself, your quality of work is going to suffer because of it. I like to think of it as the grind to growth mindset. So we we typically can have this grind, 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 get as much as we can mindset. But true growth comes from that balance of connection and centeredness yeah. and ebb and flow of hard work, um, a little bit more soft work. Well, you know, right. And you need that for your creativity, I would imagine as well. 100%. And I know Brendan Burchard, he said something that I found interesting. That I think I'm going to implement it. Every 52 minutes, he sets an alarm. And that that alarm goes off and he does like 10 big deep breaths, dances around his office. And people always ask him, how are you so productive? And he's like, I take breaks. Mm. I let my mind rest. And that was really something that resonated with me because I didn't do that. And um, I'm learning to do that now after eight years. And it's working. I mean, this year, just even in the past two weeks, my mindset is completely different than it's ever been. And um, I'm just recognizing what I need to take care of myself as well. So my company can grow as big as it can without always hustling. Right. So being in business is never easy. And I think a lot of times we can look at entrepreneur success stories like yours, you know, eight years later, and you're living your passion, you're making an impact, you're using your platform, but it doesn't always start off easy. Tell me a little bit about the sand and stone startup story. Oh, okay. Well, I knew that when I had realized that I wasn't going back to work, I needed something to do, like I had said. So I had wanted to start stamping Christian necklaces. And I had thought about it. I thought that'd be interesting. And maybe people would wear them. And at least if not, I could give them to my friends. Then didn't think anything about it. And we moved houses. And six months later, um, I was cleaning my daughter's room and I found this gold cross on her floor, like a jewelry cross. And I thought, well, that's weird. Like I don't own anything with a cross on it. And um, I showed my husband and he was like, okay, you have still been talking about doing this jewelry thing. Maybe this is your sign. Maybe you need to do it. And then he said, I'm giving you two days to order your supplies. And I was like, what? Like, I don't even know what, I don't know. And he's like, you have two days. He's like, you've been talking about it. Let's just do it. So I went on Etsy because that's all I knew. And I literally punched in hand stamped jewelry supplies. And this I mean, a whole, you know, a whole bunch of uh, little shops came up and I clicked on this one and she had also stuff for leather cuffs and I had never worn a leather cuff in my life, but I thought, well, that's interesting. Like, you know what, maybe I could do both. So I spent a thousand dollars 
and, which was a lot. And I ordered everything. That was at the end of December in 2011. And um, when I got everything, you know, I ordered half wrong because I literally had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I had to start somewhere. And at the beginning of 2012, my husband didn't work. And I mean, oil field, if anybody's ever been in the oil gas, it's just up and down. You never know when work is going to be there. When it is there, you can make really great money. But when it's not there, um, it can be extremely difficult to um, live and make an income. So he didn't work. And he didn't work and he didn't work. And I was pregnant with our second child. And I was, you know, trying to be creative with these bracelets. And then someone bought one. And then someone wanted another one. And um, I just kept, oh, like kind of going. I remember buying like $100 worth of beads. And I thought, oh, man, you are a crazy person. Like who, $100 worth of beads right now? Like you are, Garrett's not working. But it kept going. And someone you know, wanted this and all of a sudden someone, and my string was crappy and I couldn't figure out how to use my snaps. So I was like sewing snaps on. It took me a year to find the snaps I use now. Like that's how I had like little I knew about what I was doing one entire year. And, um, you know, it got to a point where, um, the only way I could buy my stroller was through money I was making, um, with sand and stone. And I remember I had an extra $60 and I found a recliner that I purchased that I was able to breastfeed my son in, but that's how low it was. And all of a sudden we were, we had to ask my brother and sister-in-law for money to eat. And, um, we ended up selling our favorite jacked up truck. My husband had to sell his dream Mustang. It was a 1991 Fox body. And I'm positive there was a tear shed as that kid drove that car out of our driveway. It was just, we had to sell our trailer. We, we had to eat. We had to, like I was having a baby and there was no money coming in. And in that time, um, Garrett did start a new job as an actual, at an actual company. Like he wasn't contracting anymore, but the pay was about 85% less than what we were making running our own trucks. And, you know, now looking back, we always say it was a blessing in disguise because we were at zero and that little bit of money that he made at his new job was better than zero. And if we had still been making that money in the patch with our own trucks, we would have never, ever accepted that new job, right? Because you're not going to leave lots of money for no money. So anyways, in the end, um, we only owed like $18,000 to the government. I'm just going to be super open and vulnerable with you guys. But in the end, we couldn't pay that off. So we ended up having to sell our home to pay back the government for money owed when we were running our own company. And, you know, it was January, we went to go list it. And I had held off the government for almost two years. And I had said to my realtor, I said, can we just wait? Like, can we just wait till February, March? I feel like we need to wait. And in that two months, our house actually went up $30,000. And it is the sole reason why we are in the home we are in now. Because of that little bit of a jump in the market, we were able to pay off the government and buy ourselves this house. And, you know, we look back on those times of not being able to um, uh, do anything, but there's this little bit of sand and stone money coming in, just enough to buy my stroller, just enough to buy my recliner, just enough to keep me going. Because I noticed, oh, okay, you know, this this is making a change for us in just these small amounts, but it wasn't hundreds and hundreds of dollars. It was literally $60. So I could buy, buy a recliner. So I could you know, comfort my son when he was up in the middle of the night. And, you know, I think it's important for people to know, like, you can go through super hard times financially. Um, and you can uh, start off with absolutely nothing and still allow your dream to come true. Like, I feel like you just need to have a rooted reason in your heart. 
And my rooted reason was that I could feel that I could make a change for not only my family, but for the people around me. And I know I was saying earlier, Trisha, before we came on, was that like the first five years, I only had a $2,500 visa. I didn't have this big $100,000 line of operating credit. Like I was literally running off absolutely no money in comparison to anybody else that I knew, but I made it work because that's all I had. So I really Mm -hmm. feel like no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you are financially, you will find a way. And maybe you're going to have to side hustle. Like maybe in order for you to start your dream, you're going to have to start waitressing every night for six months. But at the end of that, if you have enough money to buy your supplies, that six months will be worth it because you're allowing yourself to do something that's in your heart. That little spark, you know, that little, I feel like you're, all of us have this little bit of impact we can make on the world that we've been gifted. We just need to find it and then recognize that there's nothing out there that's going to stop us from doing it. You might get set back. Well, actually, you're going to get set back. Like there have been so many setbacks in my company that I just, I can't even list them all. But it wasn't about quitting for me. And if you are so solid in your heart about what you want to do, you will always find a way. You will. It's going to work out. That is real and that is vulnerable and that is true wisdom. Thank you. Yeah, it is. So I just want to encourage someone out there because someone else out there is going to listen and be like, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not there. And I just want to tell you that you can do it because if I can make it through selling every single thing we owned, our home and raising two babies, they can do it too. From the mouth of Kim, who started off with that one purchase of a thousand dollars of everything wrong on Etsy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm using it. That's great. What not to do. (laughs) But I did start. Okay, Trisha, I did start. I just started wrong. But (laughs) But you did. Yeah, I did. And it taught me a whole bunch of things of what not to do. So whatever. Where do you get your inspiration from now? I'm sure it's changed over the years. All, everything. I mean, I, I've always felt like I've been different. Um, I feel like I see things differently and I hear things differently. So, I mean, I can get inspiration from the most unlikely places. I get major inspiration from sunsets and um, driving and walking. For some reason, my mind just clears and I'll get my ideas I'll get um, songs, obviously. I love music. So if I hear a lyric, um, I'll write it down because I feel like music just resonates with everyone in some way. Um, And, you know, social media is great now because there are so many amazing people out there posting amazing things every day. And um, sometimes I'll read something and it will resonate with me, but in a different way. And then I can be like, oh my goodness, that's a point that I need to make to someone. And I write it down. And, um, you know, and I feel like being a mom and, and doing this for so many years, um, I mean, everything I make has a meaning and that's so important to me. So I'll actually sometimes make something and not even know the meaning of it until after I'm done. <laughs> if that, and I mean, usually oh. I feel like, like, like there's lots of times I'll, I will have a meaning and then I make something around that meaning. But there are also times where I'll make something and then just the meaning of it will come to me after. So I don't know, I feel like, it's such a broad question because I, I I literally find inspiration in every single day. I love that. The sunsets. Yeah, I know. It sounds so corny. Like, and I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> but it's true. I do. Like, I will, I, every day I look at the sky. And in those moments where I've actually just taken that second for myself. And I, you know what I think it is actually? I mean, think about it. Sunsets, walks, 
driving. It's when your mind is actually allowing itself to rest. Mm. Right. I mean, those moments I'm actually stopping and I'm, you know, doing something where my mind is not so crazy folks. I feel like nowadays everybody's minds have 150 tabs open and it's so hard to, um, allow your mind to stop. But when you do, I mean, for my own self, when I do, I just feel like all these great, sometimes I'll be like just about to go to bed. I'll have five different things pop in my head and I'll have to get up and write them down because I've actually allowed my brain to stop. So maybe those ideas came to me in the, in the day and I didn't see them until I actually had a second to, you know, stop and think. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. we can, and I had said that to someone else the other day. I know if you follow me on um, Instagram, I see hearts everywhere, like everywhere, every day. And it's kind of a corny thing. I mean, I literally see them in my coffee and soup and, and anywhere. And, um, you know, now there's this thing that daily people are showing me the hearts that they're seeing. And typically I write back to them and I'm like, I just love that you took a second. And I feel like that's all that is. It's just, oh my goodness, what I noticed that heart rock. I noticed that heart shake cloud because you're actually deciding to focus on something than all the other things that are on your mind. Make sense? That is powerful. Like you're yeah. taking you're taking a second to realize there's there's so many other things going on around you and and I know every time I see a heart it actually stops me in my tracks. I take a deep breath, I smile because I feel like I know I'm on the right path when I see them. And that might sound super cheeseball, but that's just what it does for me. But it also makes me recognize that my eyes are open to seeing things that maybe some other people would never see. But that's because I'm also taking time to look for those things. Like my do you, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I love it. You said cheese ball. That just makes me love you. Even you said dorky. I have so much dork blood in me. You're going to just get to know me and be like, oh, you're 100% dork. <laughs> oh, well, I do agree though. We often find what we're looking for. So I get the sense from meeting you and knowing you and following you and listening to you now that you're, you are looking for the positive, the creative, the kind of the what's in the ether of, of love and kindness and hope and inspiration. So you, you attract it because you're looking for it. And then you also, you you give it back to the world too, in your art and your, your jewelry. I just want to remind people, because I don't even know if we mentioned this, but if anyone wants to take a look at the, what you actually create, it's sandandstonejewelry.com. I know you have a special offer for our guests. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but sandandstonejewelry.com. If you're listening and you're on your, you know, you're at work and you want to check out the website <laughs> to know what yes. we're talking about. And Instagram, Instagram is where I really show my life. So I, I love it when people follow me on Instagram because I just, I feel like I can be very real there. And in my stories, I'm very real. And I'm actually just in the middle of um, redoing my website. It's, I, I like I said, everything I do and my whole life, I live with meaning. And my website was not conveying that at all. There's a super big disconnect. So I'm just completely redoing it. I found somebody to help me and we're going to make it amazing and clean and easier to use. I mean, I, I did it back in 2016, I think that's four years ago. I mean, so much has changed in four years in the realm of websites, it's crazy. And I'm not that person. I just want to put all my beautiful things there, but I need someone else to create it for me. So that's getting updated um, actually as we speak. Yay. Okay. Let me know when that is so I can yeah. send it out yes, to everyone. I will. Yes. You told me that you have always had it in your heart to be able to give back to people in a big way. Now I know from talking to so many people that impact comes in all shapes and sizes. So tell me about how you use your platform of business to make a difference, how you use your passion for impact. 
Well, I feel like, again, because this was never supposed to be a business, I feel so blessed that I'm here and I'm busy and that people are ordering for me every single day. And I knew um, right away, as soon as I got busy, I thought, okay, if this is going to keep going and I'm not, because every year I thought, oh, it's going to stop this year. No one's going to order for me this year. Maybe this will be the year nobody wants bracelets. And it has not. I mean, it has just grown and grown and grown. And I've just worked and worked and worked. And so when I got to the point that I was like, okay, this is not stopping. I I have the ability now to make a change. And that was, you know, that was probably two solid weeks of thinking. Because everybody's like, oh, you should get water for Africa. And there's kids in Haiti. And I love that people support those um causes and those missions. And there are so many amazing people doing amazing things, but it just wasn't right for me. And I just kept going back to my community. I'm like, I I can't, I can't take my donations of whatever I'm going to do out of my city. I need to figure out something here. So then I went back and forth and you know, I just kept coming back to feeding the kids and, um, you know, Memphis is going to be 10 next month. And uh, Declan is seven. And I mean, I, you know, you're probably same with your kids. You give them far too much in their lunch kit, just in case they don't like the one thing or they're extra hungry that day. And, um, when you actually start researching your own community within British Columbia or Canada, and, um, you realize how many kids are going to school without lunches. And you realize that those kids are sitting beside your kids looking, wishing that they were opening up their lunch kit with food in it. And they're not because there's no food to be had at home. And I just, you know, I still, I feel like I could just start crying talking about it because I couldn't imagine sending my kid to school on an empty stomach with no food to eat. So I thought, okay, how am I going to do this? I said, and I, I, and I, I do a dollar per purchase, um, to school programs, um, breakfast programs or lunch programs, whatever they need it for. I, I, I give it to them and they use it for whatever they need. And I honestly felt at first like that wasn't enough. I felt like $1, like, am I going to be able to make any sort of change with $1? Like, what if I do five? But anybody who makes jewelry makes it. I mean, like hand makes it, not just brings it in and sells it, knows that there's actually not a lot of money in it, especially like I'm very, very um, cautious. I am not a big spender. So I really wanted to create a brand where I was making affordable jewelry And, um, everybody's always told me you need to charge more, you need to charge more. And that's not where I was at in my heart. I want you to be able to get something for yourself and something for your friend. But in order to do that, I couldn't make my donation amount basically any larger than what it was. I mean, there was times where it was time for me to donate to the schools and I was literally waiting to get paid from a store because I had no money, but I had to make that donation to the school for their food program. And, um, I would make the donation and then I would wait to buy more supplies because I couldn't buy more supplies. But I would always choose making my donation first because that's what was so important to me was that these kids were being fed. So it came down to a dollar per purchase, which, you know, people always say, oh, one person can't make a difference or what am I going to do with what I have? My little $1 per purchase has turned out to be such a big deal. I mean, I just finished writing $1,800 worth of checks for October, November, December of, uh, last year. And, um, that's $1,800 that those schools wouldn't have had if I didn't choose to give away $1 per purchase. 
So granted, it's not $10,000, it's not $20,000, but I was able to provide six schools with $300 checks. So how many kids, and then I always think, okay, well, how many loaves of bread does that buy? How many, you know, jars of jam or carrots or fruit does $300 buy? Well, a lot for one school. So then you think, even if one kid was fed from that, you're doing something amazing. But there's more kids being fed with that $300. So it really was important to me to feed the kids. And then my platform grew and I would go to shows and people were waiting in line for, you know, an hour at a time waiting to purchase their bracelets. It's so crazy. You always hope that that will happen, that you'll get yourself to a point where people want your goods and your pieces, that they'll show up to a craft show or like, you know, a trade show and you just... You, you put all the work into it and you hope that they come and then all of a sudden they come, but then all of a sudden they're waiting in line for an hour and then you just start sweating because you're so stressed out that now they're waiting and you don't want them to be upset with you because you can only work as fast as you can. And I thought, well, wait a second. I know I can do something here. Like these people are coming to my shows. I'm going to start doing fundraisers from my shows. And those are always different. So I leave my purchase donations separate. And then I always find a cause to do for my shows. So I know, I mean, when the tragedy of the Humboldt Broncos happened, I mean, that was just ho- horrible, right? And every every Canadian city and little town is hockey-oriented, right? I mean, everybody's families play. And um, so I thought, okay, well, trade shows here. And I could ask for donations and donate to the Broncos, but they were already at like $2 million in donations. My little donation wasn't going to make a difference for them. However... What I do mostly is I challenge companies in town. So I will say, okay, I'm going to start off with a $250 check. And I'm going to challenge you that when you come see me to buy a bracelet, bring $100 from your company. Bring me $50. Bring me the change out of your purse. I do not care because I know that quarters add up. Four quarters equal a dollar. And I know what a dollar adds up to be. So I would actually tell people if they had to choose today between buying a bracelet and accepting the challenge of donating any sort of money they could to me to donate the money to the fundraiser that I was doing, because that meant more to me than them purchasing my jewelry. So I know for that one, I think we ended up raising over, um, over $6,800. And, um, I know I donated it to our local minor hockey and 16 kids were able to play hockey that year because of the fundraiser that I had. And then last year at trade show, I challenged companies again and people showed up big time and we were able to send 53 kids or no, it was a four, but yeah, 53 kids to week long summer camps that couldn't afford to go. So, you know, all of a sudden there's this kid that's sitting beside another kid at summer. Well, Oh, I got to go to summer camp. And I was that kid. We never got to go on vacations when we were younger. You know, all my friends were going to Maui and Mexico and they'd come back to school and talk about it. And I just never had that experience. So I had to kind of sit and listen. And I remember how I felt. And I just, it bothers me to know that there's some kid out there who wants to go to summer camp and their parents can't afford it. So if I can change that for them and they can go to this week-long summer camp with their friends and then they can come back and talk about it and know that they did something and I helped them get there, like that just, it's everything to me. So between, yeah. So between, tell me the numbers. I'm kind of curious. So, well, so, and well, that and then um, I know giveaways, I'm very excited about my giveaways. I mean, people are always like, why are you giving away so much? That's like a $350 giveaway. I'm like, oh, because I woke up this morning so excited that someone else woke up and they're going to win all this stuff. 
And you know what has happened almost every single time someone wins? They so needed it that day. There was something going on in their life that they needed just an ounce of positivity. And their random number was drawn and they got a gift that they weren't expecting. Like I get so excited and I donate to all of our local galas, hockey teams, even down in the Okanagan, people call me and I'm shipping bracelets. So anyways, now over the past, I would say in the past, I've only been doing these for like the three years, like I said, in my really big growth area, I've raised over $36,000 altogether. Wow. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, and that's what I said, it started with a dollar and all of a sudden you start giving and you start seeing the change you're going to make. And I know for myself, it makes me so stinking excited. Like I actually dance around my house when things like this happen. And because I, it just makes me want to give more. And I know when I was filling out my checks this year for the schools, like those $1,800, they're only $300 checks, but I literally visualized myself writing $15,000 on those checks. And that's where I know I'm going to get myself. I'm going to get myself in this company to a place where I am giving back at amounts I can't even imagine right now. And um, that just makes me want to push forward every single day. That is so incredibly inspiring. This is like what passion for impact is all about. You are you are like the ambassador for passion for impact. <laughs> because what I love about this is that you, you're using your platform as it's growing and thinking of ways that you can have that socially conscious mindset, but also really inspiring others to have a socially conscious mindset as well, which I, th- I think it's a very contagious thing. Um, so congratulations. Well, yeah, thank you. And you know what? I think the thing is, is people want to do good. This is the thing. Everyone has that in their heart to do good. And um, they just need to know how to do it. So I feel like by me even saying, okay, I know you have an extra $20 right now, but they don't know where to take it. So bring it to me and together we'll do it. Together we'll get these kids to camp. Like I could not get 53 kids to camp without all my beautiful customers coming and bringing me donations. But it's in their heart already. It's just that some people just don't know where to go. And I feel like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you where to go. And we're going to do this together. And I know that as a group and as a community, we can change lives. And I know now my kind of mission is that my business has turned into a way that I'll be able to change the world in my own way. And I'm going to show in able to change changing the world, I'm going to be able to show the people around me who are donating and wanting to give back how they can do it too. Like even if I say, if you don't want to purchase from me and I don't get that dollar from you to go feed the kids, go into work today and ask everybody in your office for $5 and then go take it to the school down the street and say, Hey, you know what? I have $25 today. I just wanted to bring it to your lunch program. We raised it at work and $25. Well, that's how many loaves of bread? 10 right? You're making a difference. So it doesn't have to be through purchasing on my website. I'm just trying to show people you can make a change with such small amounts. Even from, I had a Christmas party this year and I wrote everybody. I'm like, could everybody bring me $20? Had nothing to do with my jewelry, but I knew that they were going to come to the party and we were going to enjoy food that we were so blessed to have. And we were going to drink and listen to music. And if, you know, 20 people brought me $20, Well, that's going to be $400 that I didn't have at the beginning of the night. You can just make these little changes in your life, even outside of your business, that can impact and change your local community. And 
I, it, it's, I, I love posting what we're doing because I really feel like I want people to see where their money's going. Um, but honestly, sometimes it bothers me when everybody's like, oh, it's amazing. And you're doing such a great thing. And I, I know we are, we're doing it together for one. It's not just me, but for two, I feel like we can all do it. We can all do it. We can all choose every day to make a change. We just need to actually do it. And you need to choose yeah. that. And we're, we're all, I think, because uh, of the podcast, I get to talk to a lot of people who are doing it. But don't minimize the fact that you've created a platform and you're putting the energy into attracting this kind of philanthropic thinking, right? So yes, I'm, I'm just, true. I'm going to pat your back and I'm going to say, <laughs> pat, you. you know, because, because it does take effort. It is effort outside of your business. It's effort outside of family time. It is energy. It probably yeah. comes very naturally to you because it's who you are at the core as a person, but you really are inspiring other people to look at their own businesses as platforms and in their own lives in terms of how they shop. And just in case someone, you know, wants a beautiful leather bracelet that has been stamped with some beaded bracelet bracelets and your watch. I don't even talk about your watch. I love your watch. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I love that watches. They're my babies. They are your babies and I love them. Yeah. Um, if anybody does want to go online and contribute through shopping, which is a big part of Passion for Impact as well, because we can all choose socially conscious consumerism, um, sandandstonejewelry.com is your website and you have a special gift for our listeners. Isn't that right? I do. I actually, as you just said, I'm like, oh no, what did I tell you the code was? Well, but that's okay. I, I know. make up a new code. Okay. I, I know what it is. I wrote it down. <laughs> so it's impact love and that gives people 15% off. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. All caps, impact love at sandandstonejewelry.com uh, to get 15% off. And of course that dollar will go to feeding kids and we're kindred spirits there. I feel the same way. I just, it blows my mind that in a country like ours, that any child goes to school hungry. And I know there's many organizations doing great work for that, but however we can support them by donating, it's just kudos to you. So make sure, yeah, hugs to Kim, hugs for yourself, (laughs) right? Sometimes it's so easy to just kind of minimize what we do, but you're doing amazing work. So, oh my gosh, you're so much wisdom, so much insight. There's so many little, I was making so many notes that I can actually use as for social media to extract these little nuggets of awesomeness and um, just true, genuine wisdom. So thank you, Kim, for being a, a guest on Passion for Impact. I am so drawn to your infectious smile. It is very infectious. Your giving spirit, Aww. your beautiful jewelry. I wear your bracelet you gave me at the conference last year almost every day. It's oh, uh, really? what they're, what, yeah, almost every day. It's white beads. It has a little heart, which is your logo, uh, the charm on it. And oh, for yeah. me, it reminds me um, to focus on love. Uh, to listen to my heart, even when the world gets, you know, all kinds of noisy, noisy and and sometimes angry with frustration or disappointment from others or just that negative energy. So uh, you empower me by sharing your passion and creating ripples of impact all around you. So thank you for spending your time here today. It's important. The heart, you know what, if you go on my website, my little logo heart, it has such a big meaning to me. And like when you see it, it's not just another heart. It is literally a way of life and it's how I live my life and it's how I want people to be able to live theirs. So I love that that little charm on your bracelet makes you think like that because it's such a big deal and just switching our mindset um, in the exact way that you just said can change everything for you. So it's really important. It is so important. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being here. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses right back. (laughs) From one dork to another. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Passion for Impact, please share with your friends. Please rate and review this podcast. It means so much to me as it means more awareness when you do. Thank you for listening. Cast your vote. Make your impact one socially conscious choice at a time. Thank you for listening to the Passion for Impact podcast. Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe for episode notes, links and special offers from show guests. Cast your vote. Make your impact one socially conscious choice at a time.